Yeah, we've been uh, studying the story of Joseph in Genesis. So let's go there. Let's go back to Genesis and uh, chapter 39. So what a remarkable story um, in Genesis. And uh, just looking back through it, I challenge you all to read along with me. And I want you to continue in your reading uh, the story of Joseph. Um, we're looking at, we got into Joseph's dreams in chapter 37 of Genesis. And I want you to know the rest of the book of Genesis goes all the way through the story of Joseph, all the way to Genesis 50. So, you know, just to um, set the stage here and remind you, I'm a big picture preacher. I like everybody to know the big story, the big plan of God. So looking at this and reminding you that, in, um, in Genesis, we start off with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Joseph is one of the 12 sons, which becomes the 12 tribes of Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And then, guys, the rest of the Old Testament, again, is the story of this nation of Israel. So the story of Joseph is kind of the last big story in Genesis, going all the way to Genesis 50, and it takes us right on to the place where, you know, after we see at the end of the story, um, Israel's sons and families come moving into Egypt because of the famine that's in the land. And uh, Joseph becomes like a savior to them and a savior to the world. He's a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And then after they're there, we know the story later in Exodus. Uh, the church understands, praise God, that uh, the next Pharaoh later... And a few down the line, they uh, no longer remember Joseph in the story. And all these people, uh, uh, Jacob's descendants, uh, were becoming so numerous in that land of Goshen next to Egypt that the Pharaoh started, you know, being afraid of them. That one day they would rise up and overthrow Egypt. So they began to try to kill the firstborn. And then we have the story of Exodus, of course, Moses. Um, praise God, being, a, being one of the sons that was supposed to be killed. And then the story of the exodus, exiting from Egypt. And now they're on their way to the promised land. So just keep in mind the big picture as we study in uh, other stories in the Bible. If you understand the big picture, I praise the Lord for, um, you know, we got several, you know, been through the, in the church that's gone through Destiny Leadership Institute where they have some courses and one is like an Old Testament survey course where they get to understand the, the order of everything and the survey of the Old Testament and then a survey of the New Testament. So praise God, it's good coming to Sunday school, going through your Bible, reading, studying, and understanding the big picture of, of God and where each story fits in will makes it a lot more sensible to you. Amen? So you know that after that, praise God, the Exodus, and then from Exodus, they left Egypt and then on the way to the promised land, they spent 40 years in a desert. So from Exodus, then you got, you know, Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. That's the time in the wilderness, in the desert, where they received the law. And then finally you get to Joshua and they cross over into the promised land. And now the, the rest of the Old Testament history is now their time inside the promised land, the land that was promised to Abraham back in the beginning of Genesis. Praise God. And now while they're there, uh, praise God, you have their, all the, the kings and chronicles, which is a history of all the kings of Israel. All right. So you now to know where this, these, uh, these things fit into your word and you go through and you understand and study and you get to see the big picture. Because really, church, what unfolds when you understand the plan of God and his picture, what you see is Christ. The whole thing, church, is about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The same Word in Genesis 1 that created it all. That Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the picture of the whole story is a beautiful foretelling and the picture of the Savior of the world. So this story of Joseph, as we go through it, is a type and shadow, an Old Testament picture that really happened in the physical, pointing to a spiritual truth of the new covenant. Again, let me say, if here is the cross in the middle, okay, the old covenant 
Is Jesus concealed, looking forward to the cross? The new covenant is Jesus revealed. Amen. Amen. And now we're in the book of Acts continued where the, Jesus died, rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he sent his spirit to dwell in his new body that still walk in the earth, and this is the body of Christ. So he's still reaching to people, he's still healing the sick, he's still raising the dead, he's still reaching to those that are bound and hurting and in struggling, but he's doing it through you. We're his hands and his feet, the body of Christ. Filled with His Spirit, the anointing and power that was in Jesus' life as He was baptized in the Jordan and raised and then the Holy Spirit came upon Him, strengthened His life to do the will of God. Now Jesus cleansed us that He could pour out the Spirit. The same Spirit that was in Him working through Him is now in us. Working through us. And we just have to continue to receive and walk in of fresh infilling revelation of Christ. Lord Jesus, fill me afresh today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, praise God. You'd like a, a, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today? If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Praise God. And we want Him to continue to fill our lives with all the giftings and the power that was in the man Jesus now is in the man, the church of the living God. Continue to fill us. Continue to show us. Continue to reveal your nature, your gifts, your power, your authority, that we might walk this earth in the same authority and power that Christ did. May the church walk in it. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of the Spirit, healing, miracles, whatever is needed as we're in this earth, flow through your body, church. Flow through your body, the church. As He is... So are we in this world. As Adam was, the natural man with the sin nature, now, praise God, we've been born again like a new species on the earth, not with a sin nature, praise God, but with the nature of our Father God in us. We had the nature of Adam, now we have the nature of God. We were born from above. I was born from the earth. I was born from Adam. Now I'm born again, a new species, a new type of creation from above. As he is, so are we in this world. As Adam was with a fallen nature, so were we, and we couldn't escape it until we died and were born again. And now as he is, so are we. So we look at these stories and we read the Word and the Holy Spirit illuminates Christ to us through it all. Amen? It's so beautiful. Praise the Lord. So we give Him praise. We give Him praise. I'm going to make the praise team one day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis. Praise God, we just reviewing the story. If you weren't here a week, we saw he, um, Joseph had these dreams given to him by God. He blurted them out right away. His brothers hated him for it, wanted to kill him and tried, threw him in a pit. We saw that. Then they decided not to kill him, but sell him. You know, didn't sell him for 30 pieces of silver. He's not a Jesus. He's the type of Jesus. So it was 20. Sold into Egypt. He goes into Egypt. And Potiphar buys him. It's on a market. This man probably stripped down, beaten. Looked over naked like a piece of meat. See who can handle this, that. Inspect them. Look at their teeth. See what this guy's good for. Potiphar buys him. Brings him into his household. And he's the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Pharaoh at the time, the, the leader of Egypt, the greatest nation on earth at the time, this Pharaoh, this king, the one they worshipped him as king. Anything he says and does is law in the land. And now Potiphar, the captain of his guard, buys this Israelite, this Hebrew, 
Joseph and puts him in his place. And, but he notices something, and I told you, he goes from the pit, praise the Lord. He has a destiny, a calling. He's created to do good works. Don't you know this word says you were created to do good works which God had prepared in advance for you to walk in? The works you're called to do, God prepared in the beginning. And he's getting you ready for it. Amen? We have to go through some tests and trials. Man, I, I, I warned some folks, if you fail the test and stuff, sometimes you have to go through it again and again and again. He's trying to prepare your heart, get you ready. He's trying to remove some things from you, from yourself, let you more die to more of yourself and let Christ live in you, fill you with his spirit, his presence, that you can walk with him and some other areas have to go away. So until you pass that test, you might have to go through it again. How many have been in a pit more than once? Gosh... A lot more hands over here than anywhere. Man, where y'all been? Okay, been through a pit more than once. Been in prison more than once. Been in a rehab more than once. Been in a struggle more than once. You don't, you know, hey, it, it, it might not be God's will for you to go through it again. Learn your lesson and just move forward. Okay, Satan wants to keep you down. God wants you to bring you up from the pit and take you to the palace. Praise the Lord. So he gets to the palace and the Bible says... In Genesis 39, 2 and 3, remember, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house with his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The Lord will bless the world because of you. The Lord, I told you last week, the Lord will bless your business, whoever owns it, whoever you're working for, if you're, or he'll bless it because of you. Amen? He'll take you through some tests and some things of, or, you know, can you handle this? Can you handle prosperity? Maybe you, you handle the pit, but now that you got a good job and now you're doing well, are you going to keep coming and keep honoring the Lord and keep giving to the Lord? And you can say, hey, I got this now. I don't need you, God. Some people go that way. You know, while they're in the pit, they're crying out to God. Oh, woe is me. Lord God, Lord God. And they're crying at the altar. And then they, hey, things go well for them. They get off the drug. They get off the problem. They get, you know, a relationship back, whatever. They start, you know, getting blessed in their job. And I say, oh, I don't need the church and somebody teaching me anymore. You know, so he had to handle the pit, but now he's got to handle everything he does is prospering and he's blessed. And not only is he blessed, but everything in the whole household is blessed. You have the anointing of God in you. Praise the Lord. So now he's tested there. He was tested in the pit. Now he's tested in the palace. And this time I told you last week as we were closing, he was the purity test. Here it is, says Joseph, well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come lay with me. But he refused. And this was in his heart. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in his house than I am. As far as a... Being in charge. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing against God? We have to be aware of that. When the, you know, some temptation comes in you, man or woman, and uh, whatever it is in business or whatever, temptation for, you know, going around what's right and doing things what's wrong for money. You start to own a business, you start to be blessed, those things will happen. We live in a wicked world. Folks will want you to do things that's wrong and circumvent the right way in order to gain more money or, or do this with this woman or that or, or whatever it is, stealing on a job, whatever. You will be tempted in these areas just like Joseph. You will be tested and you need to pass it. And if you don't pass it once, you'll be tested again. Hello. Praise the Lord. We were going through some things to learn. 
And so here he was, and, and she's tempting him, and he says, how could I do such a wicked thing? Guys, the Spirit of the Lord's in you. You can recognize what's wicked and what's right. It shouldn't be that hard for the believer. Even before we believe we had a moral conscience to know right from wrong, all the world out there, before it, it, it creeps in and starts getting into you where Satan can start to mess up and sear people's consciences, you know? Most, you know, people around the world know it's right to care for your baby. It has to have Satan sleeping into a society for a while and corrupting it before people think, well, it's good to kill a baby. That's messed up. You don't think like that naturally right away. That's demonic. Okay? So it creeps in. So he knew what's right, and yet he's, he, and now he's a man of God. Praise the Lord. He's in covenant with his father's covenant, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He's God's chosen people. God has revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and is revealing himself to Joseph. And this temptation comes, and he says, How can I do such a wicked thing? I pray in the name of Jesus, when temptation comes to you, you will see it so clearly, and you would think to yourself, how could I do such a wicked thing against my God? And call it what it is, wicked. All right? Well, it's just a little dope. It's not crystal meth. It's just a little marijuana leaf. Didn't God make the leaves? I've heard it all, man. You know, it's not another man's wife. It's just an unmarried woman. How could I do such a, a wicked thing? Verse 10, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went to the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. He did what? He ran. Unfriend. No. I'm not going to talk to you on that. I'm not going to get in secret messages with you. Oh, but it's godly. I'm not going to counsel you in the Lord on Facebook Messenger without my wife. He ran. Delete. No. I'm a pastor. I get, there's a strange women from Africa asking to be my friend. <laughs> and if you click on it, it's some weird stuff. <laughs> there's emails come to you. Say, Hey, check this out. And if you click on it, the sheriff's watching you. Because it's a setup. Because that person who, think, who, who you think is a, a beautiful, hot woman is really uh, a big, fat man sitting behind a sheriff's desk tempting you because they're underage. And if you start saying yes to them, they, they, then they bust you. I'm warning you guys. Strange world out there. Okay? So he ran. He didn't flirt with disaster. He ran. He didn't say, how close can I get to the edge of this? You know, where can I go? What club, bar, to I, I just want to listen to the music. I just want to have a few beers, listen to the music. You know, you know she's talking to me. She's listening, but, you know, I'm not going there. I'm just going to... Just going to talk a while. 
have a few. No, he didn't. He didn't flirt with disaster. He said, "How could I do such a wicked thing?" No, and ran. Okay, you'll be tested with this. Okay, well, a woman scorned. She's mad. She gets so mad, she he left, he leaves his cloak. And now she's got it. Now she said, when the master heard the story of the wife, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison in the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Usually it was, he's the captain of the guard. It's under his house. I went into the, place where they put Jesus under Caiaphas' house in Jerusalem. Clay and I went in there. Under the high priest's house, there's this dungeon and there's this hole with only a little hole up top. They had to pull them up from a rope. Now they've got steps going down. So tourists, we went down and we got in this place and I sat in there and I said, my God, Jesus spent the night before he was crucified in this place where I'm sitting. It's really there, folks. You go to other nations and stuff, they don't have just, you know, three or four hundred years of history. They have two thousand and three thousand years of history. I was, we were in the room where Jesus was before he was crucified. We were in that room. It was, a, it was something, you know. I don't worship rooms or something. I worship the guy who was in there, okay. I don't bring holy relics and set them on the thing and worship a relic, okay, you know. Some folks, uh, some bird poop landed on a windshield and looked like Mary. And people from all around started going looking at the bird poop. <laughs> Seriously. It's ridiculous. We don't worship things or images or something. We worship Christ. Okay, so we're not, we're not religious. Me and God hate religion. Okay. Start knowing Christ, you'll hate it too. So he says... But while Joseph was in there, I'm in 39, verse 20, 21. While Joseph was in the prison, the Lord was with him. Guys, now he's not in prison for breaking the law. He's in prison for doing right. Guys, if, the Bible says if, you, if you're persecuted for doing wrong, going to prison or going to rehab or going to struggle or getting fired or having, and you're persecuted because something you did wrong and you handled it well, hey, good for you. But to what we're called as Christians is when you're persecuted for doing right and you handle it well, that's what we're called to do. You get fussed at, you get griped, you get corrected, you get rebuked. You know, you get fired, you have to look for another job, you, you have to change things the way you do something, you know. You get, you get, you know, people talking bad about you or ugly about you, whatever, and you handle that well, that's what we're called to be. Come on. Amen. Don't complain about getting punished for what you did wrong and you want to fuss and complain. Don't even go there, Christian. You're supposed to be man enough, woman enough, praise God, when you're persecuted for doing right. You handle it well. Joseph's thrown in a dungeon, not a, you know, air-conditioned prison with shiny floors and weight rooms, okay? A dungeon with rats and filth. And he's down there not for doing wrong. He's down there for saying no to sin. He could have said, my God, I'm not serving you anymore. Look where you're serving you got me. Man, I've tried this thing for a little while and it's tougher than when I was out in the world. You know, I've heard that too. I've tried so hard. Oh, I, Brother Raymond, I had, man, I gave my tithe less last week and I didn't get a check in the mail. <laughs> he who endures to the end. Perseverance works Brings character, character, hope. Amen? Suffering brings, suffering teaches you perse perseverance. Perseverance teaches you character. Character bring you to a place 
of hope. So now he's suffering not for wrong, he's suffering for right. But the Bible says while he's in the prison, in a place of despair around, he's not in despair because the Lord was with him. He's with us all the time. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put him in everything in charge that he held in the prison and made him responsible for everything that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. So now, Joseph, man, he's got a call on his life. He's got an anointing in his life. He has dreams and visions supernatural. It got him into trouble in a pit. Now he's taken to a palace. Every, he's got favor there. Everything's under his care. He was tested with the purity test. He said no to sin. Now he's thrown in a dungeon. And now he has favor there. The favor of God follows me. The favor of God follows me. You know, wherever I go. You can expect favor. You got you going to apply for a new job. You're going to look. Expect. Let the Lord lead you where to go, what to do, and you can expect favor in your life. Praise God, man! I remember some right. God showed us writing up a grant for Fresh Start before we started this one. We had a building given to us favor on Lone Cedar Road, an old old nursing home building that had been vacant for years. I'm walk, walking down a wing, wanting to fix it up, wanting to at least do one wing of it. You know, because uh, looking at the f needs fire alarm sprinkler system. God shows me something, begin to write a grant to help us get, and got it. I'd never written a grant before in my life. Why? God showed us what to do and how to do it and put favor on our life. We ended up saying, so we started working on that, so that wasn't the right one. Man, sowed a seed, a financial seed to another, um, another place that was blessed. Ricky Sinclair's ministry down there laid hands on us, prayed for us. In just a few weeks, got a call from a doctor saying, we want to give you a nursing home. This time it's up to code. No fire alarm sprinkler system. Everything's ready. There's pillows and blankets and sheets. It's all working. Praise God. Starting the Women's Center, begin to write a grant. I'm not a grant writer. I hate paperwork like that. God showed me which one to do, how to do it. Started writing it. Praise God. $195,000 to put a sprinkler system and a fire alarm system and, and change the, the um, building into, praise God, into a dormitory and all of that. And the funds were given us. We hired the Fresh Start men to come build the Fresh Start Women's Center. And it was paid for by God, hallelujah, because he showed us favor in what we're doing. Because we're walking with him. We're talking with him. This is his ministry. It's not ours. Lord God, it's your kingdom, your power, your glory. You want to reach people. It's you. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. This is your temple. You want to reach the lost. You want to reach the drug addict. You want to reach the hurting. You want to teach people your truth. You're going to do it through us. Show us how. And he does. And he'll lead you and guide you in your business. In whatever you're doing in your school, praise God. He'll lead you and guide you and bless you. And the favor of the kingdom of God is upon your life. And it'll bless the kids you're working with in your school. It'll bless your shop. It'll bless everything you're doing because you're walking with God. But we're sensitive to his voice. We don't want to just caught up and get caught up in the world. And stay on the television or stay on this thing where we're not listening to God. We want to balance our life where we can hear from the voice of the Lord. We want to fine-tune our reception sometimes with prayer and fasting. We want to build ourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit. We want to listen and be in tune. So when God, when we're listening for direction in the church, we can hear his voice because we're used to listening to his voice because we're following him. Because when he told us to say no to that woman, we did. And when he told us to turn here, we did. And when he told us to turn there, we did. So he can trust us with what he wants to tell us next because we obeyed him here. Are you having trouble hearing from God on what's next? Go back to where you disobeyed him here, here, and here and repent. Lord God, you were telling me here. And I blew it. I wasn't listening. Forgive me. I turned from that. Teach me. Show me again. He will remember your sins no more. He'll show you where to go. Amen? You're, you're, you're having a relationship trouble. And, you, and he's showing you. Forgive. Move forward. Get past it. Love. love forgive. Move forward. 
love one another, be kindly, be obedient in that thing, and he can bring you to the next step. Joseph was obedient in the pit. Praise God, it made him to the palace. Now God's, God, God, God has a bigger palace to take him to. He took him to Potiphar's palace. He had to come through the pit there, but now he wants to take him to Pharaoh's palace, and he's got to go through a bigger dungeon. A bigger test. So now he's not just in a pit, he's in the dungeon of the captain of the guard. And now he's got to be faithful there. Why? Because God wants to take him and make him leader of Pharaoh's palace. Not just Pat Potiphar's palace. Are you with me? Some of you have been blessed on a job and started being thankful instead of whining and complaining. Being blessed and giving and sowing. And recognize it came from God and, and tithing, giving the 10% off the top and the rest is yours. And God opened the windows of heaven and gave you a promotion or a better job or a new place of business or a higher role or more influence. Praise God. And you're blessing them. And it keeps on going and going and going. And I've got numbers in here, praise God, that have experienced this. They've been faithful with a few things. And God has made a master or leader over many things. And he's pouring out a blessing they cannot contain. So it's overflowing to 10 nations in Africa. That's how this thing works. So here Joseph, praise God, now he's in the dungeon. Let's see what happens. I told you last week the key to true prospering is the presence of the Lord. The key to presence is obedience. Walking in his presence is obedience. Watch this. If I'm walking with God here, and he's got me going this direction, and I turn here, I'm choosing to not be in his full blessing of his presence the way he's doing. Now, he loves me. He's with me. He'll do something to turn me around. You know? He loves me that much. But praise God, I'm missing out on where I could be with him and what he wants me to do. He's got bigger, better things, and I'm stalling over here, disobeying. Watch, I'll show you. The key to prosper, everything he did prosper was the presence of God. God was with him. God's with you. The key to the presence, walking with him, is obedience. Turn with me to John chapter 14. Hold your spot in Genesis 39. And turn with me to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Chapter 14. John 14, starting in verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me, you will obey me. My sheep hear my voice and follow my voice. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot, I've told you this before, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. Can't have him. The Holy Spirit's holy, and the only ones that can have him, praise the Lord, and walk with him are those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So only the church, the body of Christ, can understand the things of God and walk with Him. Man's sinful. God's holy. In order to walk with God, you've got to be holy. You're made holy by the blood of Jesus that washes your sin. Now you can walk with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. But you know Him. Here it is. He's telling you. You know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. He's talking about when Jesus dies and raises again. Now He's, with, now he's in us. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize I am in the Father. Watch this. I, Jesus, am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Remember we kind of theme last week, we talked about being aware of the presence of God. Why was Joseph so blessed in everything he did? Because the presence of God was with him. 
God was with him, his presence. Now it says, verse 21, you can put that on the screen. Whoever has my commands, his word, new covenant speak, and obeys them, follows him, his word, his truth, praise God. He is the one who loves me. Folks, a lot of folks say I love God. I heard it said, oh yeah, me and the man upstairs, we're cool. You know, just like this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I pray every day. Me and the man upstairs, we're cool. Can't see it in their life. How do you know who really loves him? Well, he tells us. This is not old covenant reading. I'm reading from the new. The ones who obey him. That's how we can tell. Amen. Know by the fruit in your life. Amen. Verse 21 I was in. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. How do you get to God? By receiving Jesus. Loving Jesus are the only ones who know God. And God is, you're in God's family. If you haven't come through Jesus, you're not in God's family. Okay? He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Some say, well, I, I can't really hear from God. I can't really hear from Jesus. I don't really know how to follow him. I'll tell you a hint. Obey him in the little thing he told you before that you didn't. Follow him in the first things, in the few things. Change the way you do business. Change the way you do your relationship. Change the way he's teaching you how to handle and how to speak and how to love. Change some things. Start obeying him in the prison or in the pit. Praise the Lord. And I will show myself to him. It's like this. He's showing me himself and telling me, hey, love my neighbor. Do something kind. Do this. And I obey in that. Wow, he shows me something else. Well, pastor, you know, I got this big dream and vision. I want to do this, 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 and this. Well, obey him in the pit. Obey him in the palace. Obey him when the temptation comes and you run. Obey him when you get to the dungeon. Obey him with these things and he'll show you next things. Obey him in the things you know and I will show myself to you. Jesus, watch this. Praise God. Verse 23, Jesus replied, he's replied, well, let's look what Judas said in 22. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, the other one, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will what? Obey my teaching. Man, I start to see the ones who are real. They starting to want to do it. Not just say it. They start to follow him. You start seeing them thankful instead of complaining. You start seeing them honoring God in whatever step of the life they're in. The pit or the palace. Honoring God with their life. Resisting temptation. Saying no to some junk of the world. Yes to God. He says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him. My Father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Let's don't just read over that church today. Let's look at it again. Hey, if you don't have your Bible, I hope you're looking at it on your phone or you'll bring it next week. I want you to see it for yourself. I want you to be a Bible carrying thumper, Bible thumper, Jesus freak. I want you to carry your Bible and your big notebook and your pen and bring it and open it up and look at it too. Okay? Or, or at least have a, a Bible app on your phone and you can follow along. I want you to see it so you know what I'm teaching is true. I'm, I'm reading right from the Word. This is not my thoughts or my thinking. This is the Word of God. It says right here. Watch what it says. See this. Let it be a part of you. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. God's home is with me. And I don't get too weird about saying, oh, y'all be careful. This is the house of God. 
This isn't the house of God. This is the house of God. Now this place is holy because all you are here. Okay? Remember one time I was preaching in a church somewhere and having the freedom and power of the Holy Spirit and leaned on the altar thing they had here where they do communion. And I, <gasps> I said, oh, wait a minute, folks. This is a piece of wood. Don't worship it. We worship the Christ. Praise God. And we recognize the holiness when we're taking his supper, you know, praise God, and remembering what he did. Okay? But, you know, we can have a... We can have a... Uh, a deer hunting seminar in here next week. Right, Danny? Right in here. We can use this building for lots of things. Okay? Hallelujah. He says, I will make my home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. How do you tell who ones who aren't loved, who don't really love the Lord? They won't obey his teaching. will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I've spoken to you while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Church, the Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead comes to us, lives in us now because we've been cleansed by the blood. And the Holy Spirit is full of giftings and power and things to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And he wants us to be filled with him. Lord Jesus, baptize us afresh in your Holy Spirit and the fire. You know? I, I teach it. I like the word Holy Spirit. It's more, it's more understandable these days than the old way they say, you, you got the Holy Ghost? There's a little country way they say that around, around here. The Holy Ghost? I can't quite get it right, Scott. Like it's some sort of thing. No, it's the person of God. It's the person. It's the third person of the Trinity. It's the Spirit of Christ. It, a spirit is actually a better word than the word ghost. Kids are scared of that word, ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of the living God. Amen? Heard somebody preaching on the way here. Always talking about the Holy Ghost and tongues and this. And there was no Spirit holy in what he was saying. It's not a thing designated for one denomination. No, the, the Holy Spirit is for the body of Christ. All of us who believe have the Spirit in us. And all of us desire and should desire. And ask, fill us with all of your Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and whatever I might need for the ministry. Because the purpose of the Spirit, praise the Lord, is to equip the saints for the gift. You, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be an effective witness. The purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't just tongues. That's one gift. And we praise God, it's a good gift to have in the, our prayer language that we should all step out in faith, pray in the Spirit and with understanding. But there's gifts of knowledge and wisdom and helps of how to speak the Word and prophetically proclaim His Word. And praise God, and He's filling all of His church, all of His body of Christ with the Holy Spirit strengthening us. And praise God, sometimes it came in the past as a second experience because the folks in the first experience didn't understand it. But now, anybody who gets saved, he wants you to fill you right there and keep on filling you. I want to make it easy to understand. One day we'll do a whole series on Holy Spirit. But all of us who've been born again have the Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit's teaching all His truth, especially in these New Covenant non-denominational churches. We teach it all from the beginning. So it doesn't have to be like a second experience, praise God. You receive Christ and the, on the day of Pentecost, praise God. They believed in Jesus and received right there. Believe and receive and keep on being filled. Open yourself, Lord. There's some areas of my life I haven't yielded to the Holy Spirit. I haven't yielded the way I speak. I haven't yielded this part of my life. I haven't yielded. Lord God, I want to yield this to your spirit to fill this part of my life too. And I'm open. The Bible says desire spiritual gifts that we might help others. 
It's a good thing. Doesn't hold back on anybody who's asking. Praise God. So, let's go back now. We see who loves God, the ones who obey the word of Christ. Back to Genesis. Genesis 39, we were at. So now he proved himself faithful in the pit. He proved himself faithful in the palace. He was tempted. Man, there's no temptation that we can say, oh man, it was just overwhelming and start justifying it. With every temptation, God makes you a way to escape. One of those ways is run. Verse chapter 40. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was very angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. I'm going to summarize chapter 40 for you. You guys, I gave you an assignment to read it, so you already know this. You read it this week, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the cupbearer, now this is not the captain of the guard. This is Pharaoh. This is the one all of Egypt worshipped as their God and leader. Okay? When they brought him his wine, the cupbearer would bring it and have to test it, make sure it wasn't poison or something, and give it to the king. He's close to the Pharaoh. He can bring him his cup of wine. The cupbearer and the baker both offended Pharaoh. He has a right to say as king, hey, put him in a dungeon. I'm thinking about I might kill him later. So he puts them both in the dungeon. And after a while, the Bible says after a while, we don't know how long, could have been two months, three months, six months, year, I don't know. After a while, both of them have a dream. And they're disturbed. And they're wondering about the dream. And then they say, Joseph says, hey, I know the one who can interpret the dream. It's not me, but it's the one who lives in me. Amen? So they tell him the dream. The cupbearer says, I saw three vines. And these three vines, like grapevines, budded, bloomed, produced grapes. And I crushed the grapes and poured them in the cup. Gave them to Pharaoh. And Joseph said, yeah, I know what your dream means. Had the revelation right away. In three days, Pharaoh's going to lift you up. And you're going to squeeze the grapes and you're going to be restored to be the cupbearer. The chief baker said, wow, that went good. I'm, let me tell you my dream. My dream, I had a basket on my head filled with bread. Three baskets three, with bread. The birds were coming and eating out of the baskets. Joseph said, yeah, I got your dream too. In three days, you'll be lifted up. And Pharaoh's going to hang you and leave you out there and the birds are going to eat your flesh. Three days, bam. It happened just like Joseph said. Joseph told the cupbearer, please remember me when you get back out. Read the story. The Bible says the cupbearer got out, got restored to his position and didn't remember Joseph or thank him. Or tell the king, hey, there's a guy down in the dungeon who's really cool. You ought to get him out of the dungeon. He didn't say nothing. There's some, you know, sometimes we forget to thank those who spoke into our life. We forget to thank those who prayed for us. Forget to thank those who gave us a word. Forget to thank those and go and remember, come on, we have to be humble and recognize God moves through his people. So here he was. He gets restored. The Bible says sometime later, for chapter 41, when two full years had passed. Think about this. Here's another opportunity for Joseph to get bitter. God, you gave me a dream for the cupbearer and the baker. You told me the dream and it happened. Why am I still in the dungeon? This is it, Lord. I went through a pit. I went through the palace. I was tempted. I was put in this dungeon. Now you're still with me. I'm blessed. 
But why am I still here? He could have got mad again. But he stayed faithful obedience for two full years after he had the revelation. Folks, I had a revelation that I'm going to take this word of grace to pastors and leaders. Amen. And I was like, God, how can this be? I got kicked out of the church. And two years later, I'm standing in India sharing my heart to 400 pastors. And the Holy Spirit says, see, I told you. You have dreams and visions. Praise God. We're sitting on our back porch. And one day, you know what, baby? And one day she would say, I'd like to own that land right behind us. You know, we're on one little acre. It's nice. We enjoy it. We're thankful. There's two other acres behind us and one on the corner there. One day, so we, we prayed about it 10 years ago. Okay, Lord, one day, praise the Lord. This year, with her new job, she got me my first zero-turn mower. I'm mowing those other three acres the Lord blessed us. Amen? And, uh, and yesterday, yesterday, for the first time, I got a revelation on my golf swing. And I could chip on those two acres and have a place, and it's enjoyable. My kids are grown and moved on. Uh, you know, I do a few other things now. Praise the Lord. So it's just, no, just, I'm talking about little things. God blesses you. He gives you favor. He shows you things. He entrusts things with you. So here, the Bible says in chapter 41, after two full years had passed, now Pharaoh has a dream. This isn't the cup, babe. I'm going to close with this, and we're going to continue this series. I want you to all, look, if you haven't read it yet, go back to Genesis 37, read 37 through 50. Okay? Just read those chapters, and we can, we're going to talk about it some more tomorrow. But let me summarize this story at the end. In this chapter, now it's not the cup baker or the cup bearer or the baker having a dream. Now it's Pharaoh himself. And he's having a dream, and sometimes God speaks things twice to confirm it for those of us who are hard of hearing. So Pharaoh has a dream, and out of the Nile River, they're in Egypt, okay? You know, we've, some of us have been in Africa, we've been by that Nile several times. Out of the Nile River comes five beautiful, healthy, strong, big, fat cows, Five cows come out of the river. And Pharaoh sees it so clear. And then right after that, excuse me, seven. Did I say five? Seven big, fat, beautiful cows. Right after that, seven ugly, skinny, sickly cows come out. And the seven ugly cows eat up the seven good cows. And Pharaoh is like, I mean, this dream is one of those dreams where it's so real and vivid. It's like you're there. And right after that, he confirms it. Like I said, sometimes we're hard of hearing. And there's a grain of, uh, there's a stalk of grain comes out. And out of that stalk, there's seven beautiful heads full of big, plump, nice looking heads of grain, wheat probably. And there they are. And then another comes, comes and seven ugly, you know, scant, um, scorched heads of grain come up. And the scorched heads of grain eat up the fat ones. And Pharaoh has this dream, and it's so real, he calls all his sorcerers, all his witch doctors, all his you know, magic men all across Egypt. And he tells them, and none of them can interpret the dream. And finally, the cupbearer says, Oh, Pharaoh, I remember a dude back in the dungeon who interpreted my dream, and he interpreted it and got it right. And Pharaoh said, Really? Who is he? It's, it's Joseph. You know? And so they clean Joseph up, shave him, get a bath, put on fresh robes, and present him to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him his dream, and right away, man, Joseph knows the answer. Joseph says, the seven cows and the seven fat grains are seven great years of abundance this land is going to have. You're going to have blessed crops for seven years. 
But the seven ugly cows and the seven other heads of grain are going to eat up. There's going to be seven years of famine right after the seven years of abundance. And the famine is going to be so severe that it's going to eat up all of the abundance and the memory of it. It's going to be bad. And while Pharaoh's thinking, God speaks to him and said, which one of your guys is so wise to interpret a dream? And Pharaoh says, you, Joseph, are going to be in charge of all of Egypt to help us handle what are we going to do about this? See, God gave a God. I told you, praise the Lord. He likes to tell us what he's going to do. He likes to let his people know his plan. He's invited you to be a part of his team and his business. And he gives you, praise God, a joint heir with his son as owner of his business, manager, steward, watching over it. And he wants to share what his business is. So he tells us what he's going to do. And then he gives us a vision of what to do about it. So Joseph seeking the Lord. Got a word from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Got a word from God. Here's what we're going to do. Pharaoh, God says, build a bunch of big, you know, um, corn mountains like they have over here. You know, what an abundant crop we got. Folks, I brought a guy from Uganda over here. When he saw that, he was shocked. Corn is their main staple. People are starving over there. They have corn everywhere trying to eat. That's their main staple. He saw that mountain. He says, I can't believe you don't have an army with machine guns surrounding this thing. If this was in Uganda, there would be people here every day trying to steal a bucket of grain. You know, we have an abundance blessed around here. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it lightly. Well, he says, hey, Pharaoh, build some big grain elevators and tax the people to charge a, um, from each one of their crops to bring in and store the grain. And he stored it up. Praise God for seven years. After a while, he said, they quit having the accountants try to count it. In every city of Egypt, all the fields around would bring their grain to the elevators, to the places in that city. So every city was full of big, huge piles of the grain in the elevators that was all stored securely. And now, and, and it had enough to feed all the people out there too from their crop. But now the seven years of famine happened. And now what happens? All the world, including Later, I'm going to show you, including, we'll finish the story, including Joseph's brothers who put him in the pit, who sold him. Joseph's brothers and his father, Jacob, they have to come to Egypt to eat, to be saved. Don't you see? Jesus was rejected by his own. He was rejected by the world. He was crucified on the cross. And praise God. All of Egypt, the Gentiles, are coming to him to receive salvation from the Savior. And later in the tribulation, Jacob is going to mourn for the one he pierced and come to Jesus for salvation. Okay? We're going to finish that part of the story next week. Go ahead and read it and think about it. Let the Holy Spirit show you some things. And then as what he showed me, I'll tell you. And we'll just learn and grow in it together, okay? Because it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It goes on all the way through Genesis chapter 50. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to close with this. I believe that Jesus cleansed all the believers in here. That he might fill us with the Spirit. Praise God. And all of the believers have the Spirit living in us. But praise God, it's good to get a fresh and filling daily. Be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That, if you look at the, the way that's read, uh, originally it's mean continual being filled. Okay? Be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, where you give your brain over to other things and you start doing things you wouldn't normally do or saying things you wouldn't normally say. Don't open that, you know? But be filled. Instead of being drunk with wine... Praise God. Be filled with the Spirit that it might overflow out of you. So I'm going to pray for you right now that you be filled more and more with the Spirit of God. Would that be okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just close in prayer. Just close your eyes right now. All over this room. Just lift both hands to the Lord, I ask. You've never done that before? Just give it a try. A double dog dare you.
Just lift your hands. Lord Jesus, we are your people. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you fill us all. Fill us all again afresh with your spirit. Lord, make us in tune. You are one with God and you are in us. God is in us. Lord, make us aware of the Spirit's presence to walk with you and talk with you. Lord, may your Spirit's giftings flow out of us to help other people's lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, y'all have a great day. We love you. Hope to see you Wednesday night.